0: By Sports Interaction. Canada sports book
1: well apparently when they say what happens in vegas stays in vegas they mean that extra point that the flames just left in sin city as calgary falls in overtime in hilariously heartbreaking fashion i don't even know what the final score was i didn't bother to write it down i think it was four to three i'm peter klein he's will Nult. this is game over calgary uh we will get to the introductions in just a second but i want to read the uh the the the, the ad copy before i get too frustrated and i'm screaming and swearing in a second want to bet then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond, and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame live in play or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn or in Ontario. Download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen, Nineteen and over please play responsibly if sports gambling is uh something you have issues with there are links in the show notes to get help um so as mentioned i'm peter klein joined by a longtime friend former colleague uh will Nult. will uh, i said before we, we came live today and here i thought we'd have just a boring win to talk about uh, but the calgary flames blessing us with a just another one of those nights against the vegas golden knights
0: yeah, and as I said to you kind of before, as you mentioned, we went on the uh, on the air, we had a little conversation, and I said to you, you're not new. You've seen this uh, many times before. And, uh, I mean, it's just too good to be true. The, the Flames are just never going to win in Vegas. I don't think it's... Uh, I mean, tonight was a first. They had a lead for almost the entire game, um, and that appeared to be their kryptonite. But uh, two, two goal leads erased, and uh, really, in a lot of ways, Klein, uh, especially early on, heavily out shooting your opponent and then, uh, finding a way to lose the game. It's kind of been the flame season or nutshell tonight.
1: Yeah. Everyone was making jokes around Super Bowl that the NFL was scripted, but the, these flames games seem to be following the same script over and over and over again. Um, there there's a lot to go around. I think when you look at the, the blame for this particular matchup, I, 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 I don't even know where to, to put. All of it. I hate how they came out in the third period. Like you said before, that they start the they start this game out shooting Vegas, and it just it's so weird to me that you go into the third period going, you know what? We have outplayed these guys for forty minutes. We've outshot them. We have a three one lead. Let's make sure we do nothing the same. Let's make sure we change completely, change everything, and just go out there and play super defensive. And they got caught. Like I, I think a lot of what happened in this third period comes down to the approach this team came out with for that final twenty.
0: Yeah, and I understand. I mean, you don't want to play fully on your heels, but they were protecting a lead. I get not maybe wanting to to press as hard as you did early. Offensively, but I mean, they, they showed the graphic multiple times. You're watching the game tonight on TV. Uh, and I mean, if you're keeping track at home, you saw it yourself, but uh, they had one shot through the first 11, 12 minutes of that period. And um, again, in a situation like that, I understand protecting a two goal lead, but even as you start to feel that Vegas push, you wanted to see some sort of pushback from Calgary and just wasn't there. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's really too bad because as I say, it was really kind of a, uh, a season in a nutshell type night. This is kind of everything we've seen so far with this team, the frustration. Um, and then you even get that, that opportunity late in the game, uh, just under five minutes left from the clock. When you get the high stick call against and Zadorov really sold it by throwing his head back and, and, you know, trying to get in the Academy Awards with that, with that uh, play. But, um, you know, really, that's kind of a hard situation at the same time to ask your team to all of a sudden, you know, figure out offensively when you've been, you know, essentially protecting a lead the entire period, you get an opportunity after your opponents come back and tied it to get a power play. And it's just hard to flip that switch when you haven't been playing offensively as crazy as that sounds, it can be a hard switch to flip and you just kind of felt that. And, and it even, I don't know if you felt the same way, fine, but when Vegas was pushing down three, two, you just kind of felt like that tangle goal was it's gonna happen no matter what and, and I tweeted that out just you could see that coming from a mile away. Oh, 100%. Yeah. As soon as
1: White Cloud scored to make it three to two, it, you kind of got the feeling like that this is not going to be a comfortable last whatever there was left. I think like 16 minutes like you knew it was not going to be very comfortable. And I guess that's my frustration is that like they played the first two periods how I think they should have played the third. Like it wasn't like the the first two periods. It was all out offensive assault, like five guys in deep ten ofs below the goal line, just digging away like they played responsibly. They just had the puck for forever and Vegas got like two shots in the first period and then to go away from that was just incredibly frustrating and it's just it's another in a line where this team can't hold a lead and I, I'm not saying tonight was Vladar's fault but that second one he definitely should have had um, Eichel has a very good shot but I would have loved to save her on that first one too um, I, I think the, the like the the conversation about the, the goaltending in this city just took a bit of a turn over the last 24 hours as well because I, I don't think this was a night where Vladar really showered himself in
0: glory or anything. I think he deserves a bit of the blame for this as well. Yeah, and I mean, not as sharp with dates as maybe I used to be, You know, not paying attention to this team as, as heavily as I, I once did in my uh, previous job. But, you know, for for me, I don't know if you felt the same way, and I would have to go back and, and look at the numbers exactly. But coming into this game tonight especially, I think his last five games or last five starts for Vladar, He allowed 15 goals, which, of course, is three goals a game. Um, And and for a team like Calgary, who right now seems to be so offensively challenged, it's just not the numbers you want. And it just seems like, and and this is where I'm asking kind of where you feel on it, but it seems like ever since that conversation kind of started about Vladar playing better, the Flames should play him more, this kind of feels like maybe it's his chance to take that ball and run, the Flames, to their credit, have given him some opportunities, and he just hasn't been able to really grab at it I don't know if it's getting to his head or he's feeling that pressure. I'm not exactly sure, but it it just seems like those two things are really close together in terms of the timing that, you know, we all started to talk about Ladar, give him more starts. He seems like the number one guy. This is an opportunity to run with it. The Flames have given him that leash or that runway and he just hasn't been able to grab it. And I think coming to this game tonight, you know, as I mentioned the 15 goals against, I think in that stretch, his save percentage was kind of around the 864, 870 range. And it just felt like when that pressure got higher for him, I don't want to say he crumbled because he didn't play awful and he still had some flashes where you're really impressed. But just that consistency we saw early in the year seemed to disappear when it felt like Vladar had that chance to kind of grab that job and run with it.
1: Yeah, you're right. Like, it it did seem like the second that this team kind of accepted, okay, this is a 1A, 1B situation, Vladar started playing like a backup again. And it's it's something I've said for a little bit now um, with other parts of this team, 82 games has a real way of revealing a lot of truths about players. And I, I think, well, Vladar was fantastic and I think deserved all the flowers he was getting, I think there was a bit of it where he was kind of playing over his head. And you can play uh, over your head or over your skis or whatever the analogy may be. You can do that once a week, but when you start to get asked to do that twice a week, three times a week, then all of a sudden some of those cracks start to show. It's the same thing that happened to a bit of a different extent, but it's the same thing that happened with Lucic and with Richie this year where the fourth line started out gangbusters, right? Like that, that fourth line was actually playing really well. It's like, okay, well, let's put Lucic up on the second line. And it's like, eh, Lucic is great when he can be great for seven minutes a night when you're asking him for 15 all of a sudden it starts to look a little less pretty and I think the same thing might be happening with Vladar While we all love Vladar and uh, wish Markstrom could find some consistency so this wouldn't be any type of concern the, the second that this team started to put more on Vladar's plate the more you're starting to see like hey maybe this guy is just a really good backup and giving him more of these opportunities you're kind of just giving him more opportunity to screw up if that makes sense
0: Yeah, and I mean, who's not to say that he can't do it two, three years down the road and the opportunity is still there for Vladar. but right now, absolutely, in terms of where he's at, I I think he's shown you that maybe he isn't ready to be that guy or be the everyday starter, especially in a playoff race where the pressure seems to get higher by the day and as the, the games slowly get smaller in terms of your games remaining on the year, the pressure gets higher. Yeah, it just feels like maybe he's not quite ready to take that mental, uh, mental grind and that mental, you know, fortitude it takes to, to kind of grind through that schedule and that push. So we'll see. Um, I was a little bit surprised they went to him tonight, but you can look at the career numbers for Markstrom against Vegas. Uh, I guess it's not a bad idea to give Ladar an opportunity, and it's not like he was overly heavily worked in that game on Wednesday in Arizona. And that's not a long flight from Arizona to, to Vegas. So it all lined up to to kind of be Vladar's start once again. And then obviously Daryl Sutter felt that way as well. Uh, I would expect us to see Markstrom on Saturday in Denver, but um, yeah, it just seemed like those, those two things kind of lined up perfectly with the timing and um, you know, for this team right now. And it's weird too, because early in the year they played way better, it felt like anyways. In front of ladar then markstrom certainly gave him more run support and just doesn't really maybe seem to be there as much uh now this part of the season uh as maybe it was earlier on and, and again who's to say he can't do it a couple of years down the road but right now it certainly feels like yeah they're gonna need both guys here down the stretch but you know uh, maybe this isn't even a conversation if they continue to play the way they are um you know as, as their schedule is, is a little bit easier uh, in terms of strength of schedule because they're playing a majority of West teams here down the stretch, but um, they keep choking up games like this and it's not really going to matter who's on that schedule.
1: Yeah, yeah, they keep playing like this. Dustin Wolf is closing the year for this team because um, they're going to just want to give some guys to run because, yeah, this is, it's just, it's so frustrating. And if, like, when we look back at the, at the end of the year, look back over the schedule and you see, oh, an overtime loss against Vegas. You went into Vegas on the second part of a back-to-back and got a point good for you. That's awesome. But this just, this feels like such a wasted opportunity to have a two goal lead against the top team in the Pacific division on a team that is just so desperate for points. And quite frankly, is so desperate to just put two good games together. Like it's just been one bad, one good, one bad, one good. It seems like since the calendar flipped to 2023, I mean, it seems like it's been like this since about 2004 but uh, for this season that this kind of feels like the trend and i just i i look at this one as a real missed opportunity to to mainly finally build some momentum for this team
0: and it's weird too because i mean early on the in the game tonight they were playing so well i thought that first period might have been their best period all season yeah um you know recency bias always plays into that for sure but um, you look at that period on paper and even, you know, watching it as it played out, they were, they were perfect in almost every aspect of, of the game. Um, heavily outshot the Golden Knights, had some very dangerous chances. Bressois played really, really well. It could have been a, a bigger lead than it was. Um, And then again, it just felt like as that game went on, they felt comfortable with a two-goal lead, as you should maybe. Um, But, you know, maybe this team isn't that good. They shouldn't be feeling that comfortable. But, yeah, it just felt like as the game went on, they were not able to continue that push offensively and keep it going. And as I mentioned earlier on in the year, they they were playing so well, it's because it's kind of been that theme. And and that's maybe the – the biggest frustration point of this year for Calgary and certainly for their fans. And I can only imagine it's the same for the coaching staff and the management group for this team, but heading into tonight and, you know, albeit standings do shift, it feels like on a, on a regular basis. So take this, maybe not perfectly, but um, the best that I could put it together, you know, 14, 11 and four against playoff teams this year, 13, nine and seven against non-playoff teams. And that's just not what you want to do in terms of your record against non-playoff teams you can't be giving up that many points and expect to stay in a race even how weak the west is which is not acceptable and again tonight against the playoff team played really really well just couldn't close it out so i wanted to get that point in there because i know it's been a frustrating thing for for a lot of fans this year is just how poorly they have played pete against teams where you absolutely should get two points.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That that's a great stat, and I think it's like perfectly telling for where this team is at right now. And the, the games they're losing, it's not even just to the like how Calgary isn't technically a playoff team, right? As, as yeah. you said, things shift. This is against Columbus and Chicago, you know, like it's those th- 47 saves by Jake Allen. That is going to haunt me that this entire season, like it, it's not just the, oh, wow. Well, yeah. You lost to Detroit. Who's like basically a playoff team. If they have a good week that this is, you are losing to the cream of the crop of the tank battles and yeah. th- those types of ones. And those are the losses we have talked about. It. You and I have been talking about this for 10 years. Years now. Those are the types of losses that when you look back at the season and you're focusing on the draft lottery instead of the first round of the playoffs, those are the types of losses that really, really add
0: up. Yeah, and it's funny because that's, you know, talk about strength of schedule, and I think a lot of people have heard that term here the last couple of weeks and talking about playoff races. And, you know, I I think Flame fans are like, yeah, that's great, but that doesn't really mean anything for us because they can't beat those teams. You know, they've got games against the San Jose's, the Anaheim's um, and and, and those teams here down the stretch. But if they can't win those games and it's not really gonna matter, I think they play Arizona again still too. So, um, you know, they have the opportunity there in front of them. And I think the biggest thing that, you know, really at this point, thankfully they got a point tonight, found a way to at least hang on and get one and get to overtime. But, um, you know, for this team, it's seeming to to shape up, or at least it's looking like it's shaping up to be a two team race for one playoff spot. And that's Calgary against Minnesota. And for the flames, luckily they play Minnesota a couple of times here uh, before the end of the season. And, and you absolutely have to wait to win, have to find a way to win those games. But I think mean, that's what's scaring a lot of people client. It's like, okay. Yeah. Their strength and schedule is really not that tough here down the stretch, but these are also games that Calgary really struggles in. So It's hard to feel confident about that, right?
1: Totally. Yeah, 100%. Misery loves company, so share this video with all of your friends out there as we got uh, a good chat going tonight. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the SDPN YouTube channel. We want to grow this thing, and if they see a lot of likes and subscriptions and shares, they're not going to be like, oh, wow, a lot of people like this thing. Let's hide it from everyone. We want to grow this, so the more that you do that, uh, the more that it helps. A few things from the chat, um, which I have almost called the fan feedback line like 47 times this year uh Gino DiPaoli uh messaging 47. in uh PK and Bill at the Will. what is a uh, wheel what is this 2018 what the problem is well there's a lot of problems with this team uh I mean, another uh reference for uh the, the two of us Audie the the other co-host on this who I think I've taken the co- the the curse from at this point he says damn you two are good together ever consider doing a sports show yeah you know what like it's a bit of a bumpy ride so far but I, I think we'll work this chemistry out here at some point yeah, I'm just looking at a
0: screen that says the name Peter Klein in, in font. like. Oh,
1: I didn't even put my screen. I didn't no, even put no, my video fine. on. It's oh, fine. no, no, no. Here, 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 There, look at that. There, there, there. nice. There, oh, there geez, I
0: screwed up everything. Never mind. Uh-oh.
1: Oh, no. Oh, what have oh, I done? No. Oh <laughs> Give it a sec. Oh, it's not even working that way. Okay, well, I've just messed this up entirely, so that's fantastic.
0: It's my fault, really. I was just trying to point out that I don't even need to look at you to, uh, <laughs> to have a conversation. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's been fun. It's, I, I would love to see maybe, you know, was I the 187th person you texted to come on? I, I really scraped in the bottom of the barrel to get me <laughs> to come on, but uh, happy to do it. Happy to be on with you, and uh, hopefully you didn't screw up the uh, the YouTube page too badly.
1: Uh, I think I might have, but that's okay. We'll um, we'll we'll just roll with it. The people can just look at you and just that's see there. You, you can you can kind of see my face in here now. So I'm just going to lean over for like man. this. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple in the chat here, and I I, I do want to kind of get to this. Jay Money, uh, a a longtime supporter of the show, messaging. Um time to start tanking for Bedard. I can't find the exact because I'm trying to figure out what happened to my screen and why are these things happening. But uh Jay Money uh in here, time to time to tank for Bedard. This is the thing, and it has always been the frustration with this team, is that this team is either good enough to just barely squeak into the playoffs and get the hell beat out of them in the first round, uh, or just barely miss and have a wonderful 14th overall pick like and now go as we approach the the trade deadline which is like next week um they aren't good enough where you're completely like sell the farm let's go get luke shen and timo meyer and really go for this thing but i don't know what you have to tear it down i don't think tearing it down is going to do a whole lot of good anyway because you've already surpassed point totals that those tank teams are going to to get to and so will this leaves us um in a very unfamiliar spot where the flames seem to be kind of caught in the middle i know this is new territory for both of us to to try to talk through but the flames are kind of once again stuck in this mediocre middle
0: classic flames right i mean they signed those massive extensions for huberto and wiger before the season began if you didn't sign those extensions you might be able to sell those guys for assets right now in the next seven to eight days uh before the uh, the deadline which i believe is next friday but um yeah this is this is as you just put it perfectly this is not unfamiliar territory for this team for the fan base for anybody who's followed this team for any sort of time in the last two decades uh this is where they live outside of the outlying run in 2004 where they read the Uh, Rode the coattails of of a Finnish goaltender who nobody knew in November of that year. Uh, And of course, their, their Hall of Fame captain. Outside of that, you know, really the last 25, 30 years of Flames hockey has been the same outside of the late 90s, early 2000s, where it was even worse than being mediocre. So um yeah this is not unfamiliar territory for them the frustrating thing is you just talked about is the fact that they don't really have a lot to sell i mean i don't think you're getting a ton for for a loot you're not getting much in terms of really anybody on this roster that you want to trade um unless you're you know really tearing down the studs and looking at guys like like Hannafin and, and and lindholm who are going to need extensions in the very near future um Unless you're going down that road, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to, to do much. I would expect yeah. this team to stand pat for the deadline, Pete, and kind of evaluate things in the summer. But yeah, those extensions have kind of put you in this spot where you're committed to this core, but they haven't really shown you much in terms of saying, yeah, let's go out and, and and add to this team and and you know put us ourselves in a spot to to really have some success in the spring.
1: Yeah. No. Totally. Quick and see if that fixed it. No, it didn't. Great. Uh, looks like this sliver of video is the, uh, the the only thing you're going to get of me for the rest of the night. Um, but no, you're right. Like the, this team, it, it's just it's the same story, right? And it was when Johnny and Kachuk and Monahan and those guys were here. It was well, you can't trade them now. You're trading them at their lowest value, and then they go on a run. It's like, well, how could you want to trade these guys? Look how well they're playing. And then they'd finish like second in the division, and then they'd get thumped in the first round of the playoffs. Oh well, they can build off of this, like. It's just... It's the same thing. And you're right. Like, I don't know... I don't know when it's changing. Like, maybe next year you hope that everything gels and Huberto doesn't have the worst season of his life and Kadri kind of figure things out. But I, I just... It feels very stuck and it like it almost feels more stuck than it did before because you could at least like well maybe Johnny can pull you out of something and maybe at least the regular season will be fun now it just like it just feels like you're destined for 93 points for the next like eight years
0: yeah and I really don't know what they're going to do in the summer I I think there's lots of questions and you know there's gonna be a lot of time to dive into them and and a post-game show on the 23rd of, of February is maybe not the the best time to really have these in-depth conversations let's see how the rest of the season plays out and what happens next Friday at the deadline but yeah it, it feels like this team could be going through a lot of changes and I think the elephant in the room that no one's talking about right now because yeah they are in the in the playoff race is the fact that Trilliving's contract is up at the end of the year um, I think there's been a lot of talk about what that relationship is like behind closed doors between him and the head coach. Um, and, and I think that there could be some major changes with this club off the ice come the summertime. And I think we'll just have to wait until then to really see the direction, um, you know, what this team might look like into the future. But yeah, right now it just feels like there isn't really a direction. They're kind of just there. And I, and I don't know what that means for the immediate future. I certainly think, as I mentioned before, and I think you're probably the, the same feeling. I would expect them to to stand pat of the deadline I really would
1: yeah no I I do think that as well I think this team is going to get as far as those guys in that locker room tonight are going to take them um I I do quickly here before we we finish off this second segment I do want to say um a couple of positives from tonight you know keeping it positive and all um Back to back, really good games from Pelche. Uh, I thought Pelche probably their best player tonight. And um, I I think we'll start with that. He looks so comfortable with Kadri and with Huberto right now. Like, this is when when we look at reasons for optimism, it does really seem like the the sky is the limit. Maybe there's obviously some form of a ceiling on him. But man, Pelche is, I think, going to turn into a fan favorite real quick in this city if he keeps playing the way he's playing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we talked about the extension sign for for guys that you maybe could have used as trade pieces uh, when you made that blockbuster deal with Florida. It's pretty evident to me, Klein, obviously not like I I used to. You and I both in in a previous life, you know, day-to-day, in the locker room talking to these players, I don't get necessarily the same feel off the ice, but it seems like from afar anyways that, you know, there really seems to be a a strong friendship and bond away from the rink forming between... Huberto and, and Um, Obviously, the 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 big connection would be the two guys from Eastern Canada. Uh, I would expect them probably speaking a lot of French between the two of them. But it just feels like that is a bond that has really taken off. And Huberto seems to have taken them a little bit under his wing. That all started, as you mentioned, when they you know put that line together. I think they've been a really strong line uh, for the Flames, along with you know the Coleman and, and Majapani line. I think those have kind of been the two drivers for this team for the last little bit here. And, and I, I'm with you, man. I've, I've loved Pelletier's game, even the games he wasn't producing in, certainly the last four or five here. Um, you know, I've really liked the, the the game that he brings. I love the way he digs. He doesn't give up on pucks. Uh, you mentioned being a fan favorite, you know, in a lot of ways reminds me a little bit in terms of, of what Mangiapane, kind of how he explored around the scene. Um, you know, similar sizes between the two of them, but they play mm-hmm. the same as well. They're dogs on bone. They don't care about the size of the guy they're going in the corner with. They're going to battle until the end. Um, and, and his work in front of the net, the last couple of games has been really, really awesome to see. Cause again, not the biggest guy, but he'll stand there. He'll take shots. He'll tip pucks. He'll dig for rebounds. And he, he's just a guy that, and I, I don't think we've seen this a lot outside of the high picks, like the Kachucks and the Monahans of the world. And yeah, Gaudreau being the outlier, but this team hasn't had a lot of players that they've homegrown, but they've called up from the minors and have been able to insert the top six and have that player look at home almost immediately. So uh, a big positive. I've really liked his game. And yeah, I, I think at this point, it's pretty clear to say that know you can tell Jacob Pelche to, to buy a house in Calgary because he's not going anywhere. Um, that's not maybe as important of a saying anymore because their farm team is in the same city but um, the idea is yeah for me uh, a guy that i think is is here to stay and and um, you know it'll be really fun to see what the, the last 20 plus games of the season bring but certainly next season as a full-time NHLer, and and uh, maybe that bond with huberto uh, continues to grow stronger and i'm um, excited to see what that that duo can do in the future
1: yeah, and I mean, he he can buy a host in Calgary because he's definitely not going to the ECHL, that's for sure. Um
0: that's what and, I mean, that's, that doesn't really work anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Cause yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, well...
1: No, as you said, because like it's been a saying for forever. It's like, oh yeah, that doesn't really. But I, I get what you were saying. Um, also, um, you are forgetting in the homegrown thing, the Flames drafted and developed Valimaki into a great defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes. So I, I don't know, I don't know what you're saying there. Come
0: on. What did you say? You cut out there. Sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. I was just making a joke that the the Flames uh, developed um, Yusuf Valimaki into a great defenseman for the uh, the Arizona Coyotes. So I don't know, I, I don't know what the
0: problem is. <laughs> just like yeah just you know this they, they hand guys out and and uh they, they you know what you know what happened Con you're right they it's a surplus of development they had to ship one out that's what right. uh, that's what happened yeah
1: yeah if there's one thing that this team has a problem with it's too many defensemen right now uh a couple of <laughs> notes from the chat uh we have Vegas fans in there what a game VGk 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 uh I love this show we love you Adam Firebear uh, has been a fan favorite since his draft. I loved his game in the queue as well, man. You, you were saying before, like the, the dude just playing hard. If he was my size, Daryl would put the C on him. Like it's it just, the, the only thing keeping that dude from being like in the absolute penthouse of Daryl Sutter's heart is the fact that he's like five ten and not six, four or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, one other positive here, not to get too positive on a night where the flames blew a three, one lead. Um, it's nice that the power play has entered the group chat now. Finally, um, that yeah. that is that is such a bonus. Um, I've said before that this league is so tight, as we've seen with the, the last. I mean, again, eighteen years, but um, for for the last few weeks, we've seen like how close this league is to not take advantage when you have the man advantage is something that I think would set teams back. And I think Calgary now, it feels like they figured some stuff out. There's still a couple of tweaks Millen bringing up on the broadcast tonight, like Nazem Kadri standing at the side of the goal is accomplishing literally nothing. So that there's still a couple of things that could need to get worked out, but it-, it feels like the power play has at least figured something out. And that's something to build on at least.
0: Yeah, they've been pretty good here the last I don't know, two, three, even maybe four games. But it was crazy, too, going into this game with Vegas. You look at all the stats from T-Mobile Arena, and they like Calgary's been a disaster there. Uh, their power play in seven previous games in Vegas was 6.7% success rate. So just to see them score one in this game in Vegas was uh, was massive. But, um, yeah, it seems like the, the puck movement's a lot better. They're actually, you know, not standing still. I think that's the biggest frustrating thing point. Sometimes for that power play is not enough, not enough movement. If it's not working, um, change those lanes, get something to, to work, get a guy open. Um, they they've been playing a little bit better and certainly been able to, to set, set things up at least in the offensive zone, which, you know, hasn't always been the case. So yeah, a big positive. And again, in these games, it's so cliche, but that's why they're cliches because they're true. And these playoff type games down the stretch, you need to find ways. To capitalize on the power play and we talked about it earlier in the show today um, You know, Zadorov drawing that high stick call on, on Howden with 4.51 or whatever it was to go um, you know, you'd know, you love to find a way to score a power play goal there and they weren't really even able to build momentum on that power play so um, if you're not scoring on the power play you at least want to build momentum and uh, again outside that late third pa- period power play tonight Calgary's at least been able to do that so uh, hopefully they can build on that going forward for sure
1: uh, Ronnie in the chat saying that I look like the devil on Will's shoulder right now. Um, yeah, Will can't see what the the screen looks like, but mine is just you're Will. Like my screen is I just like you're uh, you're on. The, I'm on the other side. Yeah, yeah, right there. Thank yeah, you. just like a, I'm a little slit there. Someone on uh, on Twitter, uh, Nate Thomas saying. Um. Here's Peter. Like I look like. Um. I think it's from The Shining. I don't know movies very well, but it's the. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's. Um. Jack Nicholas. The. Where here's Johnny. That's me. Uh. Hanging out over. uh, Just in this little slit. Right right now. An
0: image I need before bed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Now no one in
0: Cross Calgary is going to be sleeping. At least they can't see it.
1: That's what people said about me on the radio for years too. Uh chat is really bumping tonight. Yeah, that part hasn't changed. Uh the the chat really bumping tonight. A lot of frustration now. Um just a, a quick note here from Daryl Sutter, post game. Uh this according to Eric Francis's Twitter. Sutter's rationale behind starting Vladar back to back. Winning you're in. That's what we did before with Markstrom. And so I like that. We, like, we validate it by, well, you know, he didn't face that many shots against Arizona. It really wasn't that long of a flight, and so it's fine. And Daryl was like, I don't fucking know he won, so put him back in. I was like, oh, great, glad glad we put all of this thought into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's Daryl. I want to see, and the other thing, too, and I, we don't have enough time to open the can of worms tonight, but there is not a market, I don't think, in the NHL that is more obsessed with starting goaltenders than Calgary.
1: Oh. Man, you remember the look, you can't lose Yanni Ordio to waivers, okay? You need three goalies. You remember those conversations?
0: Yes, of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. Oh man. So, Yeah, uh, I mean like again, I don't we talked about it earlier. I don't really even think we needed to ask Sutter about his rationale starting Villar, but okay, I mean he faced what 15 shots last night in Arizona. It's a an hour flight to Vegas. I mean, come
1: on. Yeah,
0: we yeah. Well, um, we'll we'll the f- do it. Yeah. Next up for the... Down the stretch when they are needing points, though, I guess to that point about winning your in. it's not a bad way to go about it. I, you you kind of want someone to, to grab the ball and run with it, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And, and I still think their best chance is if
0: Markstrom is the one who does it. Um, yeah. Like, I, and if he, you're given that little reward system and that carrot and saying, hey, if it's here, I mean, maybe that's what Sutter's trying to do. I don't know. But, yeah, you need someone to catch fire. You, yeah. you need something to happen. And... You know for calgary to make the playoffs what are they going to need 95 97 points somewhere in there i would think maybe not that high because the west really isn't that good this year um but you're gonna have to play kind of like i don't know 12 12 you're probably gonna need 14 15 wins here down the stretch in your final 28 games oh yeah easily yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough or I guess less than 28 games. But, yeah, you need 28 points, I think, now from from now to the end of the season. And how you get that, I guess it doesn't really matter. But you need to find a way to get points. And maybe the win you're in system for the goalies is not a bad way to go about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, 23 games left now in the season as that continues to just slowly wither away. Uh, up next for the Flames, a game Saturday night against the Avalanche. And then Tuesday, they are playing the Bruins. They could put both goalies That's in net easy. against the Bruins, and I don't know if they win that game um, as Boston just loaded up again today. So th- this is th- this is an interesting stretch. Like, people were talking about the, the strength of schedule. And like we said before, maybe it doesn't matter because they play the better teams better anyway. But... Up next is Colorado, Boston, Toronto, and then Minnesota. Then you have Dallas and Minnesota back-to-back. That's leading up to the deadline and then immediately after it. Um, that This is another reason why I think tonight hurts, is that it does not get easier the next few games after this. And you need all the points you can get while you can get them. And to not get this extra one tonight is just a real extra kick down below, knowing the schedule you have coming up.
0: Yeah, I mean, you'd love to say that getting one point or finding a way to get a point tonight was a a huge positive. But when you're in a situation where you need anything but, you know, you need need two points almost every single night, especially in a game where you had two separate two-goal leads. Yeah, it's just it's hard to look at that as a a positive. And and you're right. I mean, not only is it the schedule here the next couple of weeks, I think until you get to the end of that Minnesota game that you just mentioned in terms of that uh, Minnesota-Dallas-Minnesota um, you know, three game stretch coming up here. The next six games or so. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's it's overdramatic to say that that's Calgary's season right there. I think. Pete. Yep. Oh, totally. Um, and you look at it like even just between now and
1: the deadline, it's Colorado, Boston, Toronto and so if, if you if you want Brad Treliving to go out and uh, and be a buyer at this deadline I don't think it's justified but a three game winning streak certainly would help things out a little bit and on the other side if they go out and get curb stomped in the next three games I I think there might be more players exiting than, than coming in here I, again I don't know how much they tear things down but they, they would certainly look to be more sellers than buyers I would think
0: yeah I mean choking away the lead tonight probably doesn't make your GM, you know, it doesn't give them the, the warm and fuzzies to go out and do something, I don't think. But, no. uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens in the next three games.
1: Well, you don't think they're Luke Shen away from winning that game? Come on. Luke Shen for a first, which is definitely happening. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we only have two minutes left on the Zoom. Th- this is normally where I would say, like, hey, plug your stuff. You've made, a pr- aside from this, you've made a pretty clean break from media. Um... You can still like plug your Twitter and stuff, and if you have a show that I don't know about, uh, but by all
0: means, get uh, get no your shows. stuff in here. No shows. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter if you want. I mean, people <laughs> people follow me on Twitter like, yeah so negative." I'm just sorry. Just speak of the truth, all right? Uh, there's no sunshine or rainbows over here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at will underscore null. Yes, I uh, have a very clean break from media. Um, people tweet me or message me every once in a while. And I really appreciate it. You know, what are you doing for work now? What are you doing for work now? I- I'm just not going to mention it publicly, um, but just know that, yeah, I-, I certainly do not do anything with media. Uh, it was my choice to leave. It was not SportsNest's choice to leave. I loved my time at 960, um, but I just felt it was my time in life to-, to make a change. I have no regrets. I loved every minute of it. Um, love watching from afar. It's fun being a fan again, um, and being able to do stuff like this, and uh, dropping the all, you know, the odd F-bomb. Um, <laughs> because if anybody has ever known me outside of uh, broadcasting, um, mixing in a few F-bombs is pretty much regular. So um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome to kind of take a step away and, and just chime in on Twitter whenever I want. Same. Say whatever I want on Twitter. Um, it's been uh, it's been fun, but yeah, a little, little clean break. But hey, I, I love doing this stuff, and I'll always jump on. Um, love watching what everyone else is doing from afar. But yeah, I'm 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 got the back seat, and I'm happy to be <laughs> in the back seat
1: uh well thank you for uh breaking out of retirement uh for for this one tonight we uh, we really appreciate it like we said next game over is coming up on saturday as the flames take on the colorado avalanche remember like subscribe share the video uh and we will talk to everyone later have a good night everyone
0: Game over! powered by sports interaction canada sports book